It's the World Wide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast on the World Wide Sports Radio Network. And now, give it up for your hosts, CJ, the painkiller, DeSimone, and Kevin Jackson. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. What's going on, Jets Nation? Welcome to another edition of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast. Here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, I am your host, CJ the Painkiller Simone, and I'm normally joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Mr. Kevin Jackson, but he is running a little bit late at the moment. So, we're going to get some things started. Obviously, the topic of conversation tonight is going to be the injury to Zach Wilson, as well as the Jets' 24-21 victory over... The Philadelphia Eagles, although did not come without a price, and uh, that's pretty much the uh, the topic of tonight's show, is that Jets ended up paying a heavy price for the victory in a meaningless preseason game, but there are some things that I want to address, because there were some things that I saw during this game. Did not get to watch the game live, I actually did get to watch this on replay, and I made it a point to watch a couple of different angles and a couple of different replays from this game. I'm sorry to say, tonight's comments are are, are not going to be one that's going to be a glowing indictment of what the New York Jets are doing right now. As a matter of fact, there's going to be quite a bit of criticism tonight. And I'm sorry to say, but it's not without merit. Because when I take a look at everything that we've been asked to take a look at throughout the Jets training camp and offseason all the videos, all the hoopla. We're still not seeing the fruit of the labor. Now, what did we learn from the Jets versus the Eagles? I'll tell you exactly what we learned. We learned that this team is still picking up the pieces from last year. We also learned that the first team offense is still going to have a difficult time moving the ball despite the fact of all the new weaponry that we have out there. We still have offensive line issues. Although, Dwayne Brown was not playing, George Fant was not playing, they ran a very vanilla scheme, but you want to know something? I don't care, okay? Because we hear all offseason about the changes and the progress that this team is making and that there's a good feeling within within the inside of Florham Park about the direction where this team is going. And then you go and you see the Philadelphia Eagles game and your first team defense completely gets shredded by Jalen Hurts. Zach Wilson on his first series throws a goddamn pick in which he did the same exact thing that he did in the green and white scrimmage in which he ended up getting picked off by his own defenseman. You stared down your receiver. You guys know how I feel about this. I have more than lambasted this team on more than one occasion in regards to this and 
to me, I'm still not seeing anything in the way of progress that gives me optimism that this team could be a playoff team. So we talk about on paper, how this team improves on paper, how this team looks on paper, etc., etc., etc. All right. But as far as I'm concerned right now, I'm not seeing anything that makes me confident that the New York Jets right now, as they stand, as they're currently constructed, as this team is going out there and playing, no, I need to see more. And not only that, but the fact that the first team offense could not get anything done, Zach Wilson got hurt on uh, on the second drive, which we're going to talk about. But first things first, let me bring in my co-host, Mr. Kevin Jackson. Kevin, thank you for joining us. Better late than never, my friend. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. I had a strategic planning uh, event this afternoon and uh, just ran a little bit long. I apologize. Thank you for having me once again, um, CJ. I see that you're already in uh, in rare form. <laughs> I'm beyond pissed off because you know something. It's it's one thing if you're talking about an entire first half where your first team offense, your first team defense, your second team offense, and your second team defense. Maybe you give up a couple field goals. Jalen Hurts basically ran up and down the New York Jets defense like they were standing still. And this defense still cannot defend a goddamn bubble screen. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn the floor over to you because I need to continue my my pseudo producer duties over here. (laughs) So you have the floor, my friend. Talk to me. Yeah, where's Garen when you need him? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm kind of numb right now, right? I still feel like it's a little too early to, to kind of make a total judgment about where it is that we are. But if I'm going to be honest, we didn't look good. I did see some promise on the back end in, in our second and third string guys. And I think that is probably the one thing that I could take away as a bright spot from the game. But again, I'm looking at this as if it's the first preseason game. And I think we we all want to be able to say that we come out in you know our first preseason game and we look like we're, we're getting ready to, to shock the world. But we've looked good in preseason before and then had really junk seasons. We've looked bad in preseason before and we've had decent seasons. And I mean, that, that's realistic. But, CJ, look, I, I feel you, brother. I mean, I, I, I didn't see much. And then uh, the whole idea about Zach getting hurt and all of that, that that's difficult. We kind of saw after the fact, Robert Sala said that he held out Carl Lawson from the game also. And I think that there is something to be said for him not being uh, accounted for within this defense. Look, I told Guy Fisher a couple weeks ago, if not last week in particular, that um, if our defense is really looking that bad, I was coming to the house and we were going to ride out together. I don't know, man. I think I'm about to go get some gas because it's going to need to get better. I will say this just again. It's early, right? So, I mean, I, I'm I'm not a knee-jerk reaction kind of guy. I really don't feel like that's kind of where it is that we should be. But I'm also not stupid either, and we really didn't look good. It's going to take a lot more to impress us. I think we've, we've we spent this entire offseason hoping that it was going to be, you know, something different, and it hasn't been different up until this point. That's a really difficult pill to swallow. But, look, regular season comes, and we got another month until we actually jump off with meaningful football games. Until we get to that, I don't know if I'm really ready to pass judgment. Again, I'm still excited. I still believe it's a hell of a time to be a Jets fan. I still all of those things. I think I've also said I'm tempering my expectations. I feel like we could be good if... Um, and I think that we saw what the what kind of the worst case scenario looks like this past weekend against Philadelphia. Now, again, we did win the game, right? We did pull it out in the end. The second and third string guys, you know, showed up a little bit, I guess, maybe more than Philadelphia's. But uh, those aren't going to be the guys that, uh, you know, are going to be the ones that really kind of make the hay this season. We shouldn't be really looking at guys that are going to be, you know, working at Home Depot in a couple of weeks as if these guys are going to be the ones that, you know, kind of make or break this team. But Kevin... 
You, yeah. you already know how this fan base is. I do. Everyone I, is already starting with the Chris Strebler hype train now. That yeah. he's better than Mike White, yeah. that Mike yeah. White is trash, that Zach Wilson is trash, that we should just start Chris Strebler and forget yeah. about Joe Flacco and so on and so forth. And, and you know what? The amount it's, of takes that I have read <laughs> over the past 48 to 72 hours between the Jets fans... The beat writers, other people putting content out there and putting putting their, their opinions out there. There is so much misinformation and fans like getting ready to just like their jerseys on fire because Zach Wilson got hurt, season's over, Mekhi Becton got hurt, season's over, team played like crap, season's over, let's go and throw this guy out there. Okay, you were here on this very show less than a couple weeks ago. Yeah. When we had Mr. Nick Shine on, okay? And what exactly did I say to him? That if this team starts 0-4, 0-5, what's the fan base going to do? They're going to mutiny. Right. <laughs> it's okay. going to melt down. So I, I understand. It, it's a preseason game, and we're already starting to see that. I'm sorry. Continue your point. I just, no, I, need, listen, I, I needed to get that out there. CJ, I, I, I feel you, brother. You already know. You and I, I mean, we've had these conversations a million times if we had them once. And uh, this is, you know, I guess back to what it is I used to say all the time. And this is another unfortunate side effect of hunger. hunger. We haven't been good. And, and until we actually show that we are going to be or can be, it's going to be a problem. And and this past game wasn't an indication at all that we're going to be good. Um, again, we've got spots and we've got players and we've got, you know, pieces that flash. Um, but as a team, we're not there. I think as a coaching staff. As, as much as we all, you know, kind of want to be on the, the Robert Sala hype train, he hasn't really shown anything just yet. In all actuality, none of this really means anything because it's not meaningful games just yet. But in the grand scheme of things, it is it is an indication and it is something that would quiet the masses. And the masses have quite a few reasons to be noisy right now. I don't know, man. I don't want to overreact. But I'm also looking at this now with a little bit of an eye of skepticism, thinking that the possibility is that we may start slow. And uh, if Zach isn't back in time for Baltimore in the home opener and me spending already about 300 bucks on that damn game. That's another be, thing, too. I may be disappointed. I may be you know, that is another thing, too, that really is just aggravating the crap out of me. One of the things that we're hearing, okay, is now, oh, that this is a blessing in disguise for Zach. It protects him from the harder part of the schedule. Blah, 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 blah. I am so sick and tired of hearing that because you want to know something? Zach Wilson needs to play. Zach Wilson has everything to prove this season because he needs to prove that he could be the guy. Because if not, then some very serious questions are going to be asked. Some very difficult questions are going to be asked at the end of the year, and they're going to have to be answered. And I'm sorry... Whether you're a Salah fan, whether you're a Joe Douglas fan, whether you like them both, whether you hate them both, I don't care what your poison is, all right? At the end of the day, this team was supposed to be here, ready to go, ready to play for a solid opportunity at possibly making the playoffs. This is kind of like the season, right? There is is something to be said for glitches in the Matrix, and it, it apparently it seems like that's what's going on with the Jets, you know, just early on. Right now, the whole Mekhi Becton sideshow kind of thing is difficult. And then the injury, really just kind of waiting for him to get on the field and show up. And I'm not saying that the injury is his fault in particular, but it's kind of anticlimactic that he gets hurt and he's not going to play at all, right? After going through all of that, it isn't what it is that we as Jets fans really need to see. 
in a season where there is so much optimism about what it is that we possibly can be because of what it is that we've seen Joe Douglas do with player personnel moves and decisions that he's made. And then Robert Sala and his guys and, and him, you know, basically saying everything that we want him to say and listening to what it is that he's, you know, he's kind of feeding us and everybody's kind of eating it up. Like I had a spoonful myself the other day. And now I'm kind of like, it's sitting wrong in my mouth right now, right? Because I want to believe it. I want to be excited. But quite possibly, we we are in for another letdown. And if Joe Flacco has to play, you know, more than one or two games at the beginning of this season, that is obviously not ideal. Even though Joe Flacco is a serviceable quarterback. You know, I can't say he's not a... He's not a decent guy, but he's not the guy that we want bringing in this season when we have such a murderer's row of games early on. Um, and, and, and again, let me not go too far into that because Cleveland, I still believe, is a winnable game. I think that, uh, you know, if, if we're talking about being a better team, I think Baltimore should be a winnable game. Um, we can't have these conversations and saying that, oh, yeah, the team is too good. We can't expect to win. If that's the type of mind frame that we go into this season with, we've already lost. I'm not happy about all of this, but I'm also not willing to dive off the deep end just quite yet. Zach's still a young quarterback. He still may be rusty. He does still have some kinks to work out. And I know that there are, are you know situations that you can point to and you can say, this guy looks good in his second year. That guy looks good in his second year. But being a quarterback in the NFL is one of the most difficult things in the world to possibly do. And there's a reason why there are 32 teams. Not every one of those 32 have a good franchise caliber quarterback. Not all of them do because it is extremely difficult. Yeah, I think we like, we, yeah, I'm saying we, we like what it is that we see in Zach. And I mean, Zach is not going to be Tom Brady. I don't, I don't believe that that's the case. Um, but there are very, very few of, of, of Tom Brady's walking in the earth. The fact that I even said, yeah, now my mouth is really nasty. Um. Anyways, look, it doesn't look good early on. I still feel like we have time for them to round in the shape before the season gets here, but the early returns are a little shaky. I mean, again, not saying there's not nothing positive to point to, but not enough to feed a starving fan base that really is looking for some substantial type of change early on. It's going to be ugly if we don't kind of turn the corner and turn it quick. Well, here's the thing. If there was a game that they were going to struggle, I guess this could have been the game this upcoming Saturday versus the Falcons. Um, that's supposed to be the dress rehearsal, and then we finish up with the Giants, I believe. So this is where it's going to prove to be an issue where four preseason games are a lot better than three. And I know everybody wants to poo-poo over the preseason games, but you know what? This is where the rubber really meets the road. Even though a lot of teams are playing very vanilla schemes, and you're not going to really see the exotic stuff that they're going to be doing, you know, until week one. But at least you get an idea of where your starting offense is at and where your starting defense is at. And right now, I'm sorry to say, dude, Guy Fisher may have a point in, in Jeff Albrecht being fired because they weren't sending any blitzes. There were no exotic blitzes, yeah. but yet the Jets can't defend the bubble screen. And that's exactly what Jalen Hurts did. He just completely killed them with bubble screens. Guys were over-pursuing. There was sloppy tackling. There was a lot of the same issues that we complained about last year. And this game was just a continuation. So the fact that I got to have a fourth-string quarterback come in and lead a furious comeback with less than five minutes to go. A dude who, a month and a half ago, won the CFL Grey Cup. Okay? <laughs> And is now coming to the NFL for a tryout. 
Now all of a sudden, everybody thinks that he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Let's put Chris Streveler in here. Where did this guy come from? He's the guy. He's the guy now. Yeah, you we, guys we, are a bunch of idiots. That's yeah, what we you are. With Mike White last season, and we saw where that got us. Let let's let's pump the brakes a little bit on that family. This is not the time to have these types of you know these kind of meltdowns or these types of reactions. I was expecting something. Like yeah. show me something. Zach got hurt. The drive before he throws a pick because he's staring down his receivers. This was something that I said in the green and white practice. And everybody in the chat jumped all over me. Well, CJ, it's practice. It's practice. What do you expect the guy to do? Look at what he did. <laughs> what am I making it up? This is bad. Watch the friggin' game. I feel like I'm just going to stumble over my words all night tonight because I don't want to lean too far one way or the other. Again, I think it's a little too early to really kind of melt down, but I also am looking at it and saying, that for all of the, the progress that we've heard should be being made right now, none of it's really there. None of it's on film just quite yet. I keep getting all these guys that are that are beating up my, my message box about, you know, how good uh, Michael Clemens looked. And, and I'm going to keep it real, he did. He looked decent against uh, the guys that he's supposed to be able to look decent against. Is he going to do that against first stringers? Quite possibly, maybe in the future, it, it, it could be something that happens. Um, but as of right now, the expectation is that he's going to be, you know, a rotational piece, and he's probably going to be at the back end of the rotation at that. So I'm not trying to go crazy right now. I'm just not. We didn't look the way that we wanted to look. I don't want to have a lazy take and just be like, oh, we didn't do well at all in any aspect. Um, but there are some things that, you know, we're supposed to have that we don't have as of right now. I can point to Bam Knight, how well he played, you know, down the stretch. I can point to some of the flashes Michael Clemens just had. We were just talking about that a moment ago. Um, I can point to certain aspects of the offensive line playing well. I can point to what the Sauce Gardner film looks like right now. Because that kid, man, I'm telling you right now, he looks like the real deal. Like, there, there is blanket coverage. I, I don't even know if I'm going to continue to call him Sauce. I'm going to call him the Whoopie. Because he's just like the blanket. You carry with you everywhere you go, my man. That's, that's, that's Sauce. Everybody's, you know, just, just covered by him. Uh, to the point where you can't go anywhere without him. I'm really excited by that, but this is a lot right now. It, it, it just doesn't look good, you know what I'm saying? And it's early, and I know we have to kind of do these shows, and we kind of have to talk about it a little bit, but there's not really much to be impressed by. But then again, I think that may be by design. Well, one of the things I did want to do, and I want to get this question on the air. I'm actually going to throw this question at you first. Uh, shout out to Guy Fisher. He actually reached out to me prior to the show. Has a question. Good afternoon. Tonight's one of the questions I'm going to ask is, what is it with this coaching staff that the players seem to not be able to transform what they are being taught onto the field of play? I kind of get the idea. I think the, the wording's kind of just a little bit off. But mm -hmm. I think that what he means to say is, why is it that the players are not able to take what it is that they learn and what it is that they're able to execute on the practice mm -hmm. field and execute it on a field of battle, which is during game day? That, that's a really good question, but I, I'll just be honest. What are they being taught? What, what really is our identity right now? We still haven't established that. So he also goes on to say, in unprofessional means nothing. I believe that our coaching staff is being too textbook and the players are confused and less instinctive. All gas, no breaks is a monster beast mode concept. He has to allow them to play. So what are your thoughts? I think he may have a point. But realistically, I don't know if we've seen enough of anything really at this point 
to be able to put our finger on exactly what it is that they're supposed to be teaching and what it is that they're that, that they are you know kind of trying to relay in messages as of right now so i know this is not exciting i know it's not sexy i know it's not any of those things we still don't know what this team is we still don't know you know second year in we still don't know what they are you know we are we still going to struggle with the linebacker position probably are the dbs as much of a problem as they have been previously no i can't say that but we also didn't necessarily see enough of a consistent pass rush and I think that's difficult. And I, I think that we're still waiting to see what Carl Lawson brings to the table. Um, because as of right now, we still haven't seen that and how it affects everything else. But realistically, we don't know who this team is yet. We know that they've got young athletes. We know they've got kids who are talented on the college level. But Reggie Bush was one of the best college football players I think I've ever seen play. And the guy had kind of a mediocre professional career. So... There's that. I'm not sure, man. Just look, CJ, I, I'm sorry, bro, because I, I, I know usually you and I were able to kind of translate this into, you know, quality content. But this game isn't inspiring quality anything. It's not giving us anything really positive to look at. Yeah, I mean, it's just bad. This it's game bad. is just inspiring, just a elongated game of beer pong. So, <laughs> but, all right, but anyhow. What I do want to do, I want to play you a clip from the Robert Sala post-game conference, and then we're going to talk about Zach Wilson's injury. This is Robert Sala with the post-game with his post-game remarks. Uh, no update yet. Uh, we're going to wait on the MRI and, uh, to get more details tomorrow. Decipher uh, doctor language, so I'm just gonna let the MRI play out and we'll figure it out tomorrow. Do you have a, do you have a sense of Robert from what My sense has always been opposite, so let's just throw out the. We'll wait till tomorrow, guys. Seriously, like it's uh, I, I have information in my head. I'm just just gonna leave it alone. I'm always I'm, I'm always concerned until you get the final evaluation. Uh, we've walked off the field with great positive thoughts and. Um, and it's been opposite. We've walked off the field with bad uh, initial bad initial readings, and it's been the opposite. So I'm just gonna I'm not gonna put anything out there. Just let it play out, and we'll we'll figure it out tomorrow. We'll see it tomorrow. All right. So this is my point with that. I completely get where Robert Sala is coming from. He doesn't want to be premature in his comments. He doesn't want to jump the gun. But that definitely did not stop doctors fans from going absolutely nuts on Twitter. Kev, this is the reason why I'm not on Twitter. I'm very, very rarely on Twitter. The show has a Twitter account. I have a Twitter account. You have a Twitter account. I know. I hardly ever use it. Do you know why? Because Twitter has become an absolute cesspool. Okay? Because if somebody goes and farts, okay, somebody on the other side of the stadium is going to tweet about it. So now... We had every idiot and their mother offering medical advice. Zach Wilson toward the ACL. He's done for the season. This, that, and the third. Absolutely went nuts. It went viral. So obviously, what do Jet fans do? What do I always say about Jet fans? We are a raw, exposed nerve. That people just keep going like this. Absolutely. Okay? So what happened? Twitter exploded. Jet's Twitter exploded. Oh my God, season's over. Zach Wilson <laughs> tore his ACL. Some people said he saw it tore the PCL. Some people said he saw it, he tore this, tore that. What one guy was out there saying his football career is over. 
And I'm like, this is the reason why I'm not on Twitter. And I know, unfortunately, we need Twitter in order to promote the show, in order to grow the show. But I get so aggravated because there's so much information that it's almost information overload. And then 99.9% of the information and all of the tweets that were that were being is put wrong. out there, they were wrong. <laughs> <It's> wrong. <laughs> they were wrong. He ended up being diagnosed with a bone bruise and he's got a torn meniscus. How bad the torn meniscus is, we don't know. When he goes under the scope tomorrow, here's the thing. They could go and scope the knee and there could be extensive damage in which two to four weeks now becomes four to, four to eight weeks. Okay? And then, of course, we get to hear the classic lines. This was a blessing for Zach. It keeps him out of the tougher part of the schedule. The Jets were probably going to lose their first nine games anyway. So why risk the kid? This is what aggravates me. Because as a Jets fan, the tough part of the schedule, the first nine games of the schedule, we are playing against quality opponents. We are playing against playoff teams. We are playing against division leaders. These are the type of teams that we need to be able to hang with and we need to be able to beat if we are going to be considered a competent, competitive NFL franchise. Let me say this again for the idiots in the back that that are not paying attention because you're too busy playing around on FanDuel. These are the teams that we need to beat in order to be a competitive and competent franchise. Write it in Braille. Write it in crayon. Connect the little dots. Do whatever it is that you feel like you need to do. Because if we were going to be taken seriously in NFL circles, these first nine games, we would have needed to make a dent. Now everybody's facade with Joe Flacco. Oh, Joe Flacco. It's okay. Joe Flacco's going to lead the ship. He's still got an awesome deep arm. He could still do this. He could still do that. We're not talking about Joe Flacco from 10 years ago. We're talking about a guy that probably needs assistance to get his ass up out of bed. We have a problem, right? And and this is just to to address the point about Twitter. A place where, like you said, somebody farts and the next thing you know, he's got stomach cancer and his career is over. So this is the kind of thing that we're dealing with right now. Again, I would caution most of us as fans, ease up just a little bit. That, that raw exposed nerve, the more you touch it, the worse it gets. And I think that right, as of right now, we've seen things that we can be positive about. But, you know, again, sometimes it does take time to put it together on the field. We don't have much time. Realistically, a lot of what it is that we're hearing from, you know, the talking heads, the prognosticators, and even some really smart folks is that this team more than likely is a six or seven win team. That's still possible with the stretch run that we have towards the end of the season. But that's not when it is that we should expect that we're going to start playing our best. We're going to have ups and downs this season. I don't have any doubt about that. How long are we going to stay in the doldrums of not being able to overcome early with such a young team and actually start to learn how to win games? Like, we mature as a coaching staff, as a a player personnel group. When do we, you know, mature enough that these things are no longer questionable because we don't have the experience. They say players win the games. It's about the Jimmys and Joes, not the X's and O's. And at this point in time, the Jimmys and Joes don't have the proper X's and O's to execute to be able to win. So it's a combination of the two. You kind of can't have one without the other. Yeah, you can have a phenomenal athlete, but if you put that guy in the wrong coverage and he's not even close to the ball, you're kind of not putting him in positions to be successful. And that's Part of the problem that I think that we're seeing and why it is that guy 
and his take on Albrecht is as prescient as it is. Until we start seeing these guys in position to make plays, until we see these guys in position to, you know, to be effective, whether it be offense or defense, we're going to continue to have those questions and we're going to continue to see the, the losses mount up or at least, you know, the level of, of bad football play being put on tape uh, this season is still going to remain consistent. I, I do think we get better at some point, but even that is unfounded. I really don't have much to go on other than the fact that I have a feeling. And I mean, I don't like that in particular as a football guy, but if you've ever been in the locker room, you know, it feels, it feels different when you're winning. I mean, it feels different when you feel like you can win. It may feel if we're seeing what it is that we're getting from the Jets. This is bad. But it's, it's, it's still too early for me to dive off the cliff. It's bad, though. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go ahead and start getting some of these comments on the air. And again, thank you to everyone who is tuning in and joining us tonight. If you haven't Welcome. already shared the show with your friends, please, we appreciate it if you would do so. It definitely helps us out to spread the word. Scott Kalisby, of course, that didn't stop you last week in regards to my cursing and everything. Uh, Matthias Simon, the Jets always seem to do the same thing. He agrees. Thank you, Matthias. At least somebody sees it from my side of the court. Guy Fisher, screw it. I'm cursing and drinking. Make sure you have one for me. Thomas Gutman, listen, Zach looked like a fish out of water. Then he went down like a sack of potatoes. And I'll tell you, I respect the Eagles' defense by not getting a revenge-free shot on vulnerable Zach at that point. After the Quincy Williams Lake hit a few plays before, I was shocked that the Eagles didn't destroy Zach at that moment. Yeah, as a matter of fact, Robert Sala actually talked about that. He had a conversation with Nick Sirianni after the game. Quincy Williams admitted that he was wrong and the hit shouldn't have taken place. So you know what? Everybody who needed to say whatever it is they needed to say said it. Granted, I know Eagles fans and Jet fans went at it after the game on Friday night in the stands and also on social media and stuff like that. So I'm sure there was a lot. Matthias Simon, Zach better turn this around because he's losing all credibility. Sorry. He looks the same as last year. The defense looked horrible. Also, haven't we had enough? It's one series, guys. I'm saying I'm I'm not happy with what it is that I'm seeing, but it's really kind of one series. The first team offense needs to do some damage against the Falcons. The first team defense needs to do some damage against the Falcons, and the first team offense needs to go out there and show that they can move the ball down the field. And I'm sorry, but you want to know something? If I'm Robert Sala... I would make the first team offense and the first team defense. Guess what? You guys aren't just playing one quarter. You're playing a quarter and a half. And if I get good and pissed off, you're going to play the entire first half of the game. Because if I continue to see these mistakes, I'm not putting backups in. I'm not rewarding you by, by sitting you down saying, you guys got it. You're going to go out there and you're going to play and you're going to do it. It's difficult in that regard, right? Because we obviously we don't want to get anybody hurt. The situation with Zach going on right now. If we get an offensive lineman hurt, we're in the deep caca, right? So right. we're in bad shape if that happens. If we get one of our receivers hurt, if Brees Hall, you know, or, or you know, I don't want to throw anybody's name in the mix. Excuse me, forgive me, please. The only way to really get better at football is by playing football. The horrible preseason setup the way that it is now, I guess, is done because the Players Association wanted to have a little bit safer environments for the players. But it does come to bite you in the ass when you're not playing because you don't get those reps. Bring back two-a-days. Yeah, we have more guys that need more reps. Bring back yeah. two-a-days. I wish it was that simple. I really do. This they is need bad. It. It's they, bad. We're watching the game of football becoming flag football. Yeah. And everybody getting hurt. You've heard my rant on this. Either the, the offseason is entirely too long or <laughs> they're too soft. Yeah, we've got nothing. Yeah. That's why I pushed for a solid three months. You shut it down. Players do not do anything for a solid three months. 
then you report to your OTAs, you report to your mini camps or whatever, you report to your organized team activities, come get your playbook or whatever the hell you got to do. Then you have training camp to get yourself into football shape so you're ready to go for week one. These guys got to rest, and they're not. Yeah. So instead, they come, they come to training camp, and they look like they're getting ready for a bodybuilding calendar. And then the next thing you know, a guy's out for six weeks because he's got a hangnail. Stop it. Enough. All right? Carl Falk, thank you for watching. Say something that Zach can handle the MILFs, but not the turf. Wow. Wow. So, Bataya Simon, if they see something more when they go in Tuesday, it's going to be very bad in Jetland, Matthias Simon. Guy Fisher, now I have a Green Bay fan telling me to give Salah a chance because he inherited a sorry-ass team. Ray Mallard in the chat, thank you for checking in. I look forward to your appearance tomorrow night. I don't need any friggin' crap from you tonight, LOL. <laughs> it's too late. It's too late, Ray. Yep. Call Falk, two words that gets us all excited, Joe Flacco. Everybody loves the backup. The yep. most popular guy on the team. Always. Low Litchmore, thank you for tuning in. Cool Joe starts week ones. These fans can't wait to complain. Life out loud. Matthias Simon, these fans have been watching this mess for over 10 years now. Carl Falk answering uh, Low Litchmore. As opposed to what? They're, they are all Jets fans. Brian Davis, shout out to joining us tonight. Hey, guys. Appreciate you tuning in. That's what's up, Ron. Thank you. Well, Litchmore firing back at Carl Falk. It's always great when we when, when we get these uh, fire back right. and forths here. As it's opposed fine, to stop deep. crying all the time. <laughs> Ray Mallett, I do not understand why we keep yapping about these friggin' injuries. These players are playing a contact sport. An injury can occur at any time. Yeah, I completely I, agree. I, I, I need to be clear about this, though, because I think there was some nuance to that. The reason why we talk about those is because we've seen what it's like to be decimated by injuries. And I mean decimated. Right. Like how many of, our, of of some of the guys that we thought were crucial to our success last season end up missing multiple games. That's why we're discussing it. We're not discussing it to say, oh, yeah, nanny, nanny. We, 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 we need to, uh, you know, be patted on the ass because we have injuries. No, these guys need to step their step their games up. But well, if Scott Kalisby were here, he would say it's OK. Hand out some participation trophies. Give everybody some orange slices and tell yeah. everybody they did their best. Maybe that might get them back on track at this point, but I don't know. I don't believe any of that um, is, is really the case. I think if you're in this position and you need something like that to motivate you, you probably shouldn't be playing, and it, that that's an issue with the culture here, all right, because that's not the type of player that we want to have in the mix here. But again, there are certain things that we should expect and certain things that we should not, and I don't necessarily know if we should expect them to just ball out of control from day one. I do think that we can be competitive enough to beat these teams early, um, depending upon how much further along we come into the regular season that we are against Baltimore, I think that makes a big difference uh, in our confidence. It makes a big difference in how it is that we play. It makes a big difference in how it is that you and I do our things here. Um, if these guys are if these guys are playing with confidence, if they're playing you know strong football, you know it changes up the tone and, and tenor of the conversations that we have here, not just amongst ourselves, but with other fans. As of right now, we got other fans running around willy nilly, bumping into walls, running you know through windows head first because they have lost their damn minds because we really don't look good. You are a factory of sadness. Saying, <laughs> saying, but yeah, we've got some work to do. Obviously, I will end it again on this. This is too early for the knee jerk reactions. But I do understand your concern. Thomas Gutman actually has a suggestion for you for tonight's spotlight segment. Okay. In the spotlight tonight should be all the Jets players on the safety position. The Falcons <laughs> have one of the best tight ends in the game, and one of the Jets' safeties have to cover him. 
going to be an interesting game. Guy Fisher, the same was said last season that fans were crying. We are in a rebuild. Well, that game looked like a season lost. Jules Wade, shout out to her. This is Guy Fisher's wife. Hey, CJ, it's Guy's wife. Green Bay all day. Jets suck. <laughs> That's nice. Guy Fisher yelling at his wife. I was about to say, re respect because because of your affiliation to our guy. <laughs> Green Bay looks like they're going to have a, a couple of questions to answer themselves this season. So let's not get too yeah. far ahead. So shout out to two peeps that I work with. One who's actually currently up in Alaska, Miss Lacey Sizemore. Tech Sergeant Lacey Sizemore. Thank you for your service, my ma'am. And I do miss working with you. And also, my guy, uh, A1C Elijah Cobb. Ray Mallard, get up on in here. So, yeah, we are decimated, but what the hell can we do about it? Put some damn flags on your side. Thomas Gutman uh, adding in also linebackers. That's still a huge question mark. I don't necessarily know if I'm at a, I'm at a place where I'm comfortable just calling a red flag about how it is that we process, but it is most definitely a question mark. <laughs> so, <laughs> Guy Fisher... CJ Jewel has like 17 teams, so she really doesn't have an opinion. <laughs> wow, way to put your wife on blast, dude. Yeah. Brian Davis in the comments, thank you again. We didn't compete the first three drives Friday. Yeah, you ain't kidding about that. I completely lambasted them with that. Jewel Wade laughing, Jewel Wade going, hey, CJ. <laughs> so, oh, hey, girl, thank you for tuning in. <laughs> So, Lowell Litchmore, he's addressing uh, Guy Fisher. They could look good and still not do crap in the regular season. You guys are jumping off the bridge behind a couple of series, laugh out loud. Yeah, that's kind of my point. It's way too early to completely write them off, but there is something to be said for needing to see progress. Right. Hence the reason why I kind of went off at the beginning of the show where I had said, I feel like that we should have at least seen something, you know, but when you go and you see a series cap short with... You're already down 7 nothing. Jets get the ball, trying to drive the field. Tyler Conklin gets a first down. There were a couple other good plays on that drive, and then Zach just coughs it up. The next series gets out of a potential sack, trying to make something out of nothing, suffers a non-contact injury, and that pretty much started it from there. But before you knew it, it was 14 nothing, And then, you know, all of a sudden, the Jets were able to tack on a field goal after Mike That's White weird. took the field. So we got to start seeing progress. When we start seeing the same stuff that we saw last year in a rebuild year, it becomes redundant. And I think that's where my angst is, where I didn't expect Zach Wilson to throw like a 13 or 14 play drive or, or whatever that completely picked apart the Eagle defense. But I wanted to see something. I think that maybe by design, I really don't think that they're throwing out all of the extravagant portions of the playbook just yet because we do want to kind of catch some teams off guard early in the season. I'm tired of excuses, right? I just want to see good football, and it's, just, it's not happening right now. I'm too invested as of right now to just completely write them off. I'm just not comfortable with where it is that we are. Right now, I'm not comfortable with where, where it is that they are. But I do, I do still think that we have a huge potential to be able to really be a good, solid, fundamental football team. Like I said, this is the week versus the Falcons. This is your dress rehearsal. So they need to come out. They need to come out on all cylinders. The Jets' defense needs to come out and play hard. Jets' offense needs to come out there and show that they're capable of putting up points. I don't care if you're facing vanilla schemes. I don't care what you're doing. Okay, the Jets' defense needs to be able to defend a bubble screen. Okay, because if not, then teams are just going to be doing bubble screens all day long against the New York Jets because they know that they can't defend it. We can have 11 pass rushers on this team. And they will still find a way to, to complete a bubble screen. Towards the beginning of the season, 
Carl Lawson, JFM, whoever else is going to share that slightly interior role, Jacob Martin, those guys are going to make a difference. Quinnen is going to make a difference if he plays well. Zuniga is he even going to make the practice squad. He's been flashing. Is he even going to make the practice squad? We don't know. If he continues playing the way he's playing, he actually did really good, believe it or not. Coach Sali, even today, as a matter of fact, on the Michael K show, Don yeah. LaGreca and Peter Rosenberg were actually giving some props to Jabari Zuniga. So there's a very distinct possibility that he may... If he, he continues may, he to he, if he continues to play at the level that he's playing, mm. may end up finding himself on the practice squad. So when Michael P. Ryan, however, ten carries, fifty yards, he may end up being one of the first guys cut. But it oh, also depends on Tevin yeah. Coleman because Zonovan Knight, Bam Knight, made an appearance, scored a touchdown, looked really good. The running back room is probably going to be the hardest to decide right now, right? I'm not sure if the wide receiver room is going to be that difficult to decide. I kind of want to say tight end, but I think there's more of a friendly competition in that than there is kind of knockdown, drag out fight for who starts and who doesn't. I do think that there are some things that they, that can be taken away from it that will allow us to be positive, but there's also some things that are just like, nah. <laughs> um, oh, Guy Fisher, I got to get this comment on. It's going to be hard. Dude, last season hard. you were talking this same crap. I'm tired of losing, period. Yeah. Maybe you're with it's been 42 years for me saying, yeah, next season will be great. I'm still saying that. I'm done saying let's wait for next season and this, that, and third. The time to show us is now. So you guys already know my two words. Show me. That's yeah. All right? They went out. They invested significant assets to upgrade this football yeah. team. The time is now to put it together. Thomas Gutman, we looked horrible against the Eagles' first-team defense. Jets has not come remotely close to competing with them. Sorry the Jets did not deserve the W. I agree with you. Yeah. Expect yeah. Uh, Brian Davis, expect defense to let the team go right down the field like the Eagles' first drive. No, I expected a stop out of the first-team defense. Even if they would have let him get a couple first downs, you don't just let them march down there like you're standing still. We just have to win games. So, That's all that there is to it. <laughs> And the longer and, you go without having, you know, some sort of meaningful victory, the worse it's actually going to get for this fan base. I already feel a certain way because the difficulty with people getting injured, it's just not a good look. We have supposedly, what, one of the best training situations in the league. We have guys who are supposed to be able to, you know, kind of keep these guys healthy and kind of keep them out of that training tent. That even when you have, you know, these non-contact injuries like what it is that we have with Zach, that makes it difficult for us to be able to mitigate those things. So this is just all around a, a difficult situation to have to deal with. It really just, it's just really bad. I'm reading through some of the comments in here, and look, I get it. Lowell Litchmore, if you guys are basing the season on a couple of preseason series, you might as well not watch because you're not confident you know how things will turn out. Well, look, the only thing that we're basing it on right now is the fact that the Jets had two drives, and on both drives, they looked exactly like the New York Jets we watched play last year. So things have to change. So now no one anticipated Zach Wilson getting hurt. No one anticipated Zach Wilson throwing a pick on the first drive. No one anticipated any of that. But these are things that when we look at it, they have to be cleaned up. So we'll see. We will, unfortunately. It's going to take some time. I hate to beat that horse to death, but... You know, it's a little too early, but again, there is cause for concern. So I mean, <laughs> doom and gloom, I, I, typical Jet fans. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of, sorta. Like realistically, you know. And, and somebody said this the other day, and the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, you know what? Come on, man. I don't want to think of it in those terms, but the curse, Joe Willie, which may be why we have, you know, such difficulty finding a signal caller. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's hard, man. Yeah, uh, you ain't kidding about that. All right, so you know what, Kevin? I think it's time.
that you take us into the spotlight, my friend. Who do we have in the White Hot Spotlight this evening? In the White Hot Spotlight tonight, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Robert Sala. It just came out flat. It's been commented on in the chat so far that uh, the first few drives, they really didn't show much energy. They really didn't show much of anything. And I think that actually is an attribute that is kind of manifested by the coaches. Coaches have to get you ready. I mean, yeah, they, they have to co- prepare you and all of that. But you had to need to be in a situation where the attitude, right, the culture is different. And the culture is not going to change if we continually come out every week soft, if we continue to come out every week slow, if we continue to come out every week without life or without pop or without any of those things that all of us who kind of grew up on on real hardcore football, real rough neck football, um, that we're, we're kind of accustomed to. And as of right now, Robert Sala seems to be coaching a, a lot of guys that are, you know, content to sit back with the with the flip flops hanging off their toes and talking junk in, in, in messages and in meetings, whatever, but not necessarily putting it all together on the field. And, and I mean, we see small things here and there, but a lot of it needs to be tightened up and a lot of it needs to be tightened up by Robert Sala himself. I do like the guy. I'm encouraged by how it is that he's carried himself and has represented this team so far. But there are really major questions about if this guy is going to be the guy that's going to take us to the promised land. And it's hard to say for me because, I mean, again, I I see enough flashes, but I also see enough lifelessness and and unpreparedness and all of those things. So um, in the spotlight, it's real simple, uh, family. Robert Sala needs to step his game up. And I think that if Robert Sala can step his game up, that actually translates to you know, the players around him being better. And once the players around him get better, you know, that means that we're starting then to really see the foundation and, and, and see how his culture is affecting change within the team. So let me stop talking about this. I didn't just listen to me ramble on and on about this nonsense. Robert Sala's in a spotlight this week, guys, because really the beginning of that first preseason game is unacceptable. And we cannot continue to our start like that. We cannot follow up a game with something like this, especially when you have winnable games in week two and week three. We've got a lot to work out. But CJ, man, I mean, I know there's a lot to be unpacked there. I think it's very appropriate because, I mean, one thing, he's definitely got to take a look at this game film and he's probably got to say, he's got to look at Jeff Albrecht and he's got to say, look, we're having issues tackling. We're having issues with fundamentals. We shouldn't be doing this. I know this is preseason game one. I know if there's any game for us to have a bad game, this would probably be the bad game for us to look as bad as we did. But going into next week, we need to see a lot of this stuff cleaned up. And every week after, we need to see more of it cleaned up and more of it crisp. Because otherwise, on September 11th, when we open up against the Ravens, we're going to get smacked. Okay? Please just not even remind me about that right now, Luke. We've got these box seats and be up there with the lounge guys and the superstar jet fan players and the jet content creators. I'm really looking forward to meeting a lot of these guys who I consider my peers, but who may not actually know who the hell I am at this point. Um, But this is going to be a great opportunity for us to get to learn and know each other. And I think there's some collaborations that come out of this. That is why I'm excited about game one, probably more than anything else. But I also do believe that the jets do have a possibility of, being able to win this game. But of course, it is going to rely on if. And that's the hard part right now, if. All right. So I want to thank everyone for tuning in over here. Shout out to Errol Marks who's joining us. Guy Fisher, I still say we should have pursued Brian Flores. I know he runs a different defense. I'll call it a winning one. He wouldn't have fit here. You could want Brian Flores all you want. He's a linebacker's coach over in Pittsburgh right now. Yeah. Okay, he's not a defensive coordinator. He's not even a head coach. 
Right now he's a linebackers coach. Mike Tomlin knew what he was doing bringing him in. Mike Tomlin knew what he was doing bringing that guy in. Scott Kalisby knows he's coaching the talent that he has. Again, Jets fans overrate the talent on this team. Well, Lichmore, look, fans already looking to fire coaches. (laughs) Um, Call Falk, they have been for months. Nothing new, lol. What will you be watching for? Call Falk, I'm watching to listen to CJ, not fans with their typical crying. I appreciate that, lol. I'm not up here crying about the Jets or whatever. We need to see progress. And I get it. You want to say it's preseason one. You want to say it's, look, what do you expect from them for the first game? Okay, I get it. But look, there's only so many passes that they're going to get before I got to start seeing what have you guys been working on, all right? Preseason game one, we shouldn't be seeing as much sloppy tackling as we saw. We should have at least saw the first team offense go down and get a field goal. No one's here to listen to me either, CJ. So the fact of the matter is, (laughs) as I continue to say, uh, I'm not worried about that stuff. Uh, I am going to try to be a little bit more patient with how it is that it unfolds. Um, but there is concern. There is cause for concern. So we'll let that be my final thought for tonight. <laughs> Scott Kalisby, that's the biggest word in the Jets dif- dictionary. If. Yes. Call Falk, I'm yes. watching for wins. Uh, Ray Mallard down there, we can't go an hour. Errol Marks, he would have been great. Brian Flores. Yeah, man. <laughs> Scott. Flores is a good coach. I think I think Miami is really going to have a rude awakening with the new staff in comparison to what it is that Flores did. Oh, oh, Flores oh. is a phenomenal Ca- coach. Call Falk with the shots fired. Kevin Two Ums Jackson. Wow. <laughs> you know what? Really? Okay. Wow. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. No one's listening so. to me. <laughs> Scott Kalispe said, I'm here to listen to you, Kevin. He's sending hearts, kisses, participation trophies, and orange slices your way. Yeah, until next week. <laughs> <laughs> until next week. If they're, throwing, they're throwing hammers and daggers and shit. <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's go. Oh, okay. let's go. All right. So, you know what? We've talked about this garbage long enough. Final thoughts, Kevin, wrap it up. Let's get the hell out of here. Come on. I'll end it the way that I began it. I think it's a little too early to dive off the deep end. Yes, I'm concerned. At this point, we've still got another couple of weeks to kind of see it shake out. Uh, The more reps that we get from the first team offense, offensive line, um, wide receivers and running backs, the more I think we'll see it round into shape. Um, If we get to that third preseason game and these guys aren't able to actually move anything, then the cause for concern is 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 cemented. But as of right now, it may not be sexy. It may not be interesting, but it's a little too early for me. Hell of a time to be a Jets fan. Because if, <laughs> if Scott, Scott, if, you know, some of these things actually do round out, that six-game win, you know, prediction that the money line is still following right now, it may end up looking like it's in jeopardy until we get to that second stretch after the bye week. Um, and we actually have some teams that are a little bit probably closer to where it is that we are with regards to development, right? These 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 teams that we're going to play early, these guys have been established outside of Cincinnati who, you know, they've been building, um, but it, it's kind of been a quick turnaround for them. Yeah, that's a wrap for me. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Hell of a time to be a Jets fan, but um, as of right now, I'm not I'm not worried just yet. All right, so Ray Mallard has a, has a comment for you. Come on, Kevin, I put up with JR last week, and now you come in with the sadness, but at least you know what you're talking about. I don't know if I'm sad just as much as I'm just disappointed. They didn't give us anything, right? We've been sitting here screaming and yelling and kicking ass and cussing and everything else, and they didn't give us anything. Really, that sucks. <laughs> Lowell Lichmore saying, you bunch of miserable Fs, I'm out. <laughs> Guy Fisher said, peace and hair grease. <laughs> they didn't give us anything. <laughs>
After the bye, we play teams we hope we can beat. Scott Kalisby, Thomas Gutman. We'll work out the kinks. You got this, Kev. Six wins will be easy. Carl Fox says, you got fireflies in the ums this week? Question mark. <laughs> uh, Lowell Litchmore, the offense running well is up to the quarterback. Agree, 100%. And Carl Falk back in there. Hashtag beat the Bears. So... Now, my, my final thoughts again. A lot's going to come down to this Falcons game. Like I said, I want to see the first team offense go out there. Obviously, Joe Flacco is going to be under center. I expect the New York Jets' first team offense to go out there and to do some damage. I also expect the first team defense to go out there and to work out some of the kinks, especially working on that sloppy tackling and some other yeah. stuff because this is a dress rehearsal. Normally, week three, none of the starters are going to be playing. These are all guys fighting for spot. In week three, you're going to have basically your bottom of the barrel. Your threes and fours are going to be dominating play. Okay? So if you have to play your week one starters on game three, then you have a serious issue. So nice. we, we need to see something from this New York Jets football team a little bit that will kind of give us a little bit of confidence going into week one despite not having Mekhi Becton, despite not having Zach Wilson. We need to be able to have something positive that we can build off of so that way when September 11th comes around and we have the home opener against the Ravens, that we can go out there and feel the competitive unit and give the Ravens a scare. So although a lot of people are not really giving us a chance in this game, I still think that the specter of September 11th, Jets taking the field, MetLife at home, that stadium is going to be electric, a lot of passion, a lot of raw emotion, Perfect opportunity for the Jets to grab themselves by the balls and to steal a win. Our veteran quarterback in Joe Flacco. I think the, over the course of the next couple of weeks, it's going to be difficult for the fans because they're going to see Joe Flacco be the mature veteran that he is, and everybody's going to want to look look past what Zach can possibly do going forward. So I don't know, man. If, if you came here to get takes, you're going to be pissed off. I'm not going to give you takes. Uh, this is common sense stuff, to be honest with you. This is common sense stuff. So, well, Lowell Litchmore has been putting a bunch of clips up there about Joe Flacco's deep ball. And the last time that Joe Flacco was under center, Elijah Moore had eight receptions for 100-something yards and a touchdown. Doesn't mean he should be a long-term starter. I think we need to kind of shift out of that. Oh, yeah, he, he can win us this game or he can win us that game. The fact of the matter is that we need Zach to be good enough to play 17 games and win most of them. Regardless. I think it's a little too lazy right now to just say, yeah, well, Joe Flacco's a better quarterback now. Nah. That's kind of not the point. We're supposed to be developing our franchise quarterback, and playing Joe Flacco doesn't do that. All right. Well, pretty much that wraps it up for my final thoughts. I just want to see improvement against the Falcons. So that's, Sorry, see that, that's I, it. I didn't mean to intrude so, on your final thoughts, my guy. <laughs> nah, it's all good. You already know where I stand. I should just yeah, make like a T-shirt that has the New York mm -hmm. Jets logo on it and on the back two yeah, words, show me. Just show me. Just right. win. Just, just show win. me. So instead of just do it, just show me, okay? Yeah. All right. Let's go. So with that, that's going to do it for tonight's episode of What Patata New York Jets Fan Broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I'd like to thank everyone who tuned in tonight, all seven of you that are currently watching right now. Thank you guys so much. Ray Mallett for, for joining us. Carl Falk, Scott Kalispi, Lowell Lichmore, Guy Fisher, his wife, Thanks. the beats that are going back and forth, Matthias Simon. Thank you guys so much again for tuning in tonight. Also, for the new watchers this evening, we appreciate you guys tuning in. We hope that this will be the first of many weeks that you come and join us. You can follow the show on Twitter at CNC Jets Factor. You can follow me, JetsFan0523, my partner in crime. Mr. Kevin Jackson at Spotty Blackman on the other side of the glass. Yes. Plenty of ways. 
that you can consume Weapons Hot. Weapons Hot has a Facebook page. Weapons Hot Mission Briefs has a Facebook page. The Worldwide Sports Radio Network has a Facebook page. Like, subscribe to all three of them. Download the app. You could catch on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, not only Weapons Hot, but also the other cool shows that are on the network as well. Every Tuesday night, yours truly on Jets World with a solo show called Mission Briefs. Tomorrow, we will be previewing part two of the Know Thy Enemy series with fellow host Brian Catanzaro from the On the Fin Side podcast as we take a look at the Miami Dolphins. That should be fun. That should be fun. That should be fun. Tune in for that. All right. So, for Kevin Jackson, this is CJ the Painkiller D. Simone signing off for tonight. We will see you guys when we see you guys. Peace, love, go Jets. And I want to leave you guys with a really cool soundbite before we get out of here. One, two, three. This has been Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network.